Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, Kara. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for asking if you could come on Feathers in My Hair. (laughs) You know what? I was thinking before I went to bed last night, like, I really love podcaster privileges where you can just ask other podcasters, can I come on your show? And they have to say yes, even if they don't want to. (laughs) Well, I was like, oh my God, I really haven't had Kara on Feathers in My Hair like since the beginning, which I guess I just didn't realize because I've had you on Liz Explains so much. Like, I don't know when you said that, I was like, fuck, she hasn't been on Feathers in My Hair in a long time. Yeah. We also haven't had guests in a while. Yeah. Because as I've just like... The actually the great thing about recording with you is that you can record on like at noon on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the hard thing about guests or feathers, my hair is that I'm like never quite sure when I'm gonna record it. And I'm always like, I'm gonna do it Friday night, and then I never do it. So I have to do it last minute on Saturday, and it's just hard <laughs> to have guests. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that that's good great for me for being a loser, you know. Yeah. But also pandemic, you know. It's pandemic. Do you want to, before we get started, just plug your podcast really quick? Yeah. Um, I host a podcast called Everyone's Business But Mine. I talk about a lot of Bravo shows, 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight, Love After Lockup, things that come up during the week in pop culture news and things that are just relevant to me. So yeah, those episodes, the main episodes come out every Monday and then Wednesdays I do 90 Day Fiance and then Whatever happens in the rest of the week, I might talk about it later, but yeah, that's me. And you can find me everywhere you listen and on Instagram at everyone's business, but mine. And if you are not on my Patreon, but you like listening to this with Kara, we have quite a few funny and enjoyable episodes, uh, including one on sister wives. We did a really funny one recently on future and all of the women in his life. Yes. Uh, we did one on Caroline Calway, which we can't even get into because some crazy Caroline Calway news no, has start- broken no. last night and we just, we can't <laughs> go there. But if you want to hear Kara and I just like rip Caroline Calway apart for two hours, like I highly suggest listening to my Patreon. They're always, your Patreon episodes are always such a fun, a fun little project to do. I, I love it. But yeah, Caroline, no, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> let's talk about the other person who is my original Caroline Calway. Really? <laughs> Janelle Evans. <laughs> You, I saw the first screenshot that you posted of just David's face. And I was like, oh my God, what are we getting ourselves into? So I, that night that it came out, what was this like Tuesday maybe or Monday night? I think I Mm -hmm. hadn't really, I was doing something and I didn't really look on Reddit. And then suddenly I get on Reddit and there's like eight new posts about Janelle and that's not that rare, but I was like reading the titles and I was like, what? Like, what is this talking about? And I like go into the comments. And I'm like, she posted what? And then I'm like, it, then I was taken down. It was like, go to this Instagram and you'll be able to see it. And I was like, huh? So I went there and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I I rang all the alarm bells. Like I went on my Instagram, posted it. Like you must go watch this. I like sent all my group chats. I was like, you need to go watch this. <laughs> Shane Dawson, who Janelle Evans Eason is the new queen of the YouTube docu series. Absolutely, I was worried because she took it down 
so I was like, everybody, you need to go watch these on Instagram because what Chanel's been doing lately is copyright striking people, which I find to be very funny. Anytime anybody uh, like straight posts her clips on Reddit from YouTube, uh, she copyright strikes them. Like if you oh download, which she has the right to do, like yeah. you're not allowed to download somebody else's content and then just upload it as your own. Like you can link to their original content, but like you're not, and I do it. Like I'm not, I'm not saying like these people are breaking the law and like deserve to be punished. Right. But like <clears throat> if Nate wanted to copyright strike me for like recording his Instagram lives and putting it up on my account, like he could, because that's not my original content. I don't own the rights to that. Just like if somebody downloaded episodes of feathers in my hair and uploaded them somewhere without making any sort of edit to it and just like straight uploaded my content, I could right. copyright strike them. So right. I, when she took it down, I was like, oh my God, maybe she's going to start copyright striking these Instagram people. So everybody go watch it immediately. Turns out she was just taking it down because she left in a clip of her screaming at Ensley. <laughs> I mean, it was like best in show, like truly behind the scenes. For, like you couldn't write shit like that. No, like, you're right. Parody. It's David Guess. Yeah. Like it is best in show. Like if I was going to sit down and write a documentary about Chanel and I included all of this, people would be like, this is too much. Like, come on. <laughs> You think like this is too ridiculous. And that's why I like no matter what Janelle does, like I always come back to her as like the OG reality TV star for me. Like her lack uh, of self-awareness. It's astounding. It and this is how it's always been. And it's just, I don't know if it's getting worse because I feel like it's kind of always been this bad. And anytime I get bored of Janelle content, which I definitely have been lately, like as I've said, like, I don't care about Janelle's TikToks. Like, my threshold for embarrassing TikToks is so high that I look at those and I'm like, okay, it's somebody that can't dance on TikTok. Like, right. I see a hundred of those a day when I'm scrolling. Like, <laughs> that, like, I don't care. I don't care about, like, the troll stuff her and David post because it's just so obvious. Mm -hmm. And I don't like content that's so obviously meant to get a rise out of people. I find that to be, like, very boring. Yeah. And like yeah. the people that really react to it, I'm like, come on guys, like, come on. Like she's on purpose trolling you and you're falling for it. Oh my God. But this, but this, was like... this is different because she's not trying to troll. No. That's what's so incredible about this. She is so serious about this 45 minute video she put out. She is really trying to display her best self and she is. And that's the really sad part. This That's, is the best of Janelle. <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely right. This is the best of Janelle. I mean, first of all, f uh, you know, shame on me, but she looks great. Like she has her extensions in. She got her yeah. makeup done. Like she has a natural, you know, windblown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like a natural dewy look to her face. I was shocked at like the editing like it wasn't great, but it was still it wasn't far awful. better than I expected. Well, that's the thing about Janelle that I don't think people realize. And if you'll remember, like in season one, she talks about how she likes video editing, those Kesha videos that she used to put out. Oh Janelle actually can edit videos. Um, yeah. She like has taught herself how to edit videos. And I'm sure if she had like actual motivation in life, she could teach herself to be like a YouTuber level. So yeah. you're right. Like, the crazy thing about it is that, like, it tells a story. <laughs> yeah, and she was, like, I mean, obviously she's got the the knowledge from having been on the show of, like, how to ask a question, mm -hmm. make sure that you speak, and, like, 
you know, like you answer it in a correct way that's like a very reality TV format. Uh, but yeah, the leaving in of that clip of her screaming at, I assume, Ensley. It was if, Ensley. As if Ensley was her like little sister who was annoying and not her daughter, her yes. toddler age daughter. <laughs> that's exactly correct. And that's how she's always talked to her kids. Like they're her little <laughs> annoying siblings that just like happened to, her mom happened to have too many siblings and she's annoyed by it. Right. I, I mean, <sighs> wild. So she claims there's going to be four of these episodes. Which, like, and she's it's called Janelle Janelle Eason. I have something to say, I believe, is the title of it, Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. As I said, it's 45 minutes long. She talks about the CPS case, about Mm -hmm. getting her kids taken away. Um, I say it's very similar to. She like reads out her hit list is how I would describe it. It's like Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison, like with the hit list on the wall when he crosses out Billy Madison's name. Like that's like how she sounds because she's going through the whole CPS case and naming every worker by their full name and will be like, Melinda, remember that name because that's going to come up later. Like we care. (laughs) She keeps calling Melinda a super attendant and not superintendent. superintendent which is so funny that's why this is so funny it is so like she keeps it like melinda (laughs) melinda the superintendent melinda like okay girl (laughs) she is like the school kaiser school called me and they said that they had no worries whatsoever and i'm like sure they did girl and then okay there's a couple things i want to talk about with the cps stuff one she shows this clip at the very beginning and then shows it again of her and Kaiser on FaceTime on Mother's Day, which is like after Kaiser was taken from her. Right. And Kaiser goes, this is so fucking sad. Kaiser goes, mommy, can I tell you something? And she's like, yeah, of course. And he goes, I'm really going to miss you because Nana says I'm staying here forever. Ugh. I was like, what the fuck? What? What is wrong with every adult in Kaiser's life? Right. Everybody has failed poor Kaiser. Because even if that's true, like, even if, like, Doris really was going to be getting full custody or whatever, which we know did not happen, um, you don't tell a kid that because Kaiser is five and loves his mom. Right. And even if he's scared of David, even if he's scared of Janelle, he's five, and Janelle and David are the people that he has lived with his almost entire life. He's been living with David since he was about one. And I'm not saying that makes David like a good guy, but we know Janelle doesn't take care of her kids. So David has been Kaiser's primary caregiver for many years. And I'm sure he is abusive to Kaiser. And this is not like a a defense of David in any way, but Kaiser is a child. And as Princess always talks about, like kids love their parents, like even the most fucked up parents, like kids love them, especially Kaiser at that point, who was only five. Like he's not even at the age of like, this is all kind of bullshit, you know, like maybe Jason Marissa are. But, like, Kaiser is still a baby at this point, essentially. So for Doris to be like, you're never going home again, is so fucked up. Even if, like, I'm sure Doris said that because I believe that Doris was, like, heavily distressed over what's going on with Kaiser, right? Like, the dog had just been killed, supposedly in front of Kaiser. They had been calling CPS for however many years because Kaiser would show up with bruises on him. Like, I do believe that Doris, like, is distressed over this and probably just misspoke, like, but, like, come on, don't say that shit to him, because the way Kaiser says it back, you're just like, this kid has no idea what's going on. 
and it's so sad because you're right. Like this is the only love that Kaiser knows. Like Mm -hmm. this is his normal. So to say that to him is like super dark and it's really irresponsible and cruel, frankly. Yeah. Like what you say is like, well, you know, mommy and David, like, we just need to find out and make sure that you're safe there. So you're going to stay here for a while and then we're going to see what happens. Like maybe you'll get to stay with your daddy more, but like to use the word like forever or always yeah. in a situation like this where they had just been removed via an emergency placement. It's like, why are you doing this? Sick. It's sick. And also because like, I feel like a five-year-old, no matter how bad it is, just like doesn't have a concept of being like you're being rescued. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. they just don't, they just don't have that. Even if they are scared, even if they are terrified, even if they are hungry, like kids are too young at that age to understand that. Exactly. And then and if so they're older, just... it's a false promise. Right, it, it, totally. <laughs> so you just like keep it in the immediate, keep it in the very short term, like future or in the now, in the present. Yeah. You're yeah. going to stay with Nana for a while is all yeah. she had to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is the first like fucked up thing where you're just like poor Kaiser has not one stable adult. We're not five seconds into this video. No. (laughs) The other, to me, the number one takeaway from this video is what a piece of shit Barbara is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also like just what a, I mean, you have more experience than that than I do, but like Janelle doesn't know what the truth is. No, no, no. no. (laughs) No, Janelle could pass lie detector tests. But she's so, so she's a bad liar though. And she just tells on herself at every moment. Which is why, okay, I think the reason that she does that is because she actually believes her own bullshit. Oh, 100%. And like, I feel like if she was actively lying, like on purpose, it is on purpose. I don't know exactly how I want to word this, but I think the reason that she continuously tells on herself is because she can convince herself of things. And I think if she was like, how best am I going to lie to people so that they believe me? She wouldn't be so sloppy. Right. She, she lives in her own reality and she... (laughs) She operates of like, if, even if I say the exact opposite of what I just said in the very next sentence, people aren't going to catch on. She genuinely believes that. I wrote down a list of things where she, she says one thing and says the exact opposite. The next sentence, it's incredible. Yeah, it's absolutely. She does a lot of crocodile crying where she like looks up and Mm -hmm. is like, I don't want to cry about this, but like, there's no tears coming out of her eyes. (laughs) Um, at least when talking about the CPS stuff, she also says, okay, so she's like, my mom, CPS called her. She had no concerns whatsoever. Then they flashed to Barbara, which the Barbara stuff was the weird, the Janelle stuff for whatever reason, wasn't that weird for me to watch because Mm -hmm. like the idea of her like sitting down and recording a YouTube video, like isn't weird, but the David and Barbara stuff was so weird because obviously Janelle was standing off camera asking questions and like was doing like in like a talking head interview, which was so weird to see from David and Barbara. (laughs) So very weird. It's like, she obviously needed like people on in her corner and yeah. well she always does this when bar yeah. whenever anything is wrong janelle's been doing this forever she'll be like even my mom agrees right as if she's a reliable person exactly that's her go-to thing like 
she knows that she doesn't have that much credibility. So she'll be like, my mom agrees. Ask my mom. Barbara has the nerve to say that she had no concerns. She wants to be back on MTV so bad. Oh my God, Barbara's so bitter. First of all, there's footage of after the kids were given back to Janelle, Barbara walking out of the courthouse, disgusted. She said, I am terrified Mm -hmm. for the children. I am disgusted. Barbara was openly talking to you know, wetpaint.com at this point. Like yeah. Barbara was openly talking to TMZ. Like it's not, Barbara, we have videos of you talking about this. We know you hate David. How about when Barbara says, when she's talking about how they got fired from MTV, she says, you know, David is scary. And like, he said he was going to kill them, but like, he wasn't really going to kill them. Come on. Right. Oh my God. It was crazy she was so mad at nessa oh so mad at nessa (laughs) livid at nessa she yeah the fact that they were like david was acting as if nobody really i think at one point maybe barb mentioned the fact that uh david threatened mtv producers to shoot them all of them in the head that was like a just like a passerby mention but yeah, they keep acting like David's harmless. Why would you guys? Well, they kept saying, um, Janelle, did you notice she kept saying David's anger issue? Mm-hmm. Which it's like, okay, let's back up. Like, what do you mean by that, hun? Like, yeah. Like, she's like, there's nothing wrong with David except for his anger problem. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> well, that's a problem, Janelle. That's a problem. It's so... Like, the way Barbara talks about it, according to Barbara, the only person at MTV that didn't screw them over is Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew. Because he held, like, he, he because Dr. Drew has no power. He doesn't work for MTV. Right. He's talent. Dr. Drew is getting a chat, girl. He doesn't care. He does not care. They said that they were set up by producers, that, like, she, she, like, you know, they were willing to do anything for them and that they would like film where they out of state because the producers refused to come to North Carolina and they did everything for them. And Barbara even is like, how come I got fired even though Janelle got fired? (laughs) Like, because why does that mean I have to be off the show too? Because it's called Teen Mom, Barbara. It's not 65 year old lady who has custody of your daughter, of your daughter's son, mom. By the way, I remember when people are talking about Janelle getting fired and everyone was like, I think Barb will stay on the show. And I've always been adamant. The the family or the universe that surrounds the teen mom will not be on this show if they are Mm -hmm. not on the show. And I've been proven right twice, Farrah and Janelle. Like they do not keep on extended casting characters. Like I'm sure MTV would love to have Deborah popping in you know what I mean? Every once in a while. I'm sure, sure they would have Bar- love Barb coming in, but it, it, that's not what the show is. And so for Barbara to act surprised by this, like, girl. Right. Like, she literally thought, like, she was going to get her own little, like, card that we were going to open up the iPad and see Barb <laughs> on it and, like, like get out of here. <laughs> I, like, she... I just could not believe her having the nerve to say she had no concern. She didn't understand why the kids were taken. She does not understand why Janelle was fired from MTV. I will say the only thing that I agree with them is that, okay, there, I guess there are two things that I agree with, but they weren't, one of them they worded right, one of them they didn't. The first is we don't understand why Amber is still in the show, but we were fired. That is 100% a legitimate criticism. Now it's not coming from a legitimate place. (laughs) 
Right. It's coming from a place of petty. Yeah, but, but they're right. It, it's hypocritical to keep somebody on who's that violent. But the only thing that I can say is that Amber didn't threaten the lives of the producers and exactly. the crew. Uh, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Like, Amber lets them show up and film, basically. Yeah. Sorry for this very awkward transition, but I forgot to put in a ad break, which I always do when I have a guest. So we'll be right back. Um, but you guys know I have a major issue with not only did Amber get to stay on the show, but they gave her victim edit, which I still mm-hmm. find disgusting. That's so sick. They are right when they say that. It's just, it's like that broken clock thing. You know what I mean? Like they're not uh-huh. coming from a place of like, this doesn't make any sense. Like this isn't fair. They're coming from like a, how come she gets to get a check and we don't. Yeah. Very childish. Very childish. The other thing I actually kind of think they're right about, but they were wording it very weirdly, is that Janelle is like, they recorded me through every low moment and put that on TV. They put on TV me uh, stealing my mom's credit card. They put on me almost dying on heroin. And it seems weird in the moment, but as someone that speaks fluent Janelle, what I think she's actually saying, because Barb says something similar to this too. They always made Janelle look awful. They would never include like our happy moments. It would only include us fighting. We would film with us having a great conversation and they wouldn't show it. I think what they're trying to say is like, we have always been MTV's like whipping boy, you know, like yeah. we have always let MTV show the lowest, most heinous things about our lives. And they have included stuff that they would never include about other people. Mm-hmm. Like think of all the years that Kate was probably driving around getting high and they never showed that. Like yeah. think of all the years, like, I mean, think of all the stuff they had with Leah. Like she got to hide like that man that moved into her home. Mm-hmm. Like think of all the stuff that they've allowed Chelsea to do. Um, I think like what they were trying to say is like MTV was fine with uh, like putting our lowest, most awful moments on TV for many years. And then they turned around and turned their back on us. And I don't think that's an illegitimate complaint. I, I do understand that, like why now, but what I don't understand is why they don't understand that it's David and that it's because David has threatened to murder all of the production team. And that if David wasn't threatened, even if David refused to be on the show because he was fired, right? So they fired David a year before. He didn't want to be on the show. He he didn't want to be on the show. Oh, right, right. (laughs) Even if David like was fired from the show and just like, let MTV come to the house. And he just went out for filming Mm -hmm. that day. Let the kids be on the show. Didn't threaten to kill production. Didn't Mm -hmm. threaten to call the police on MTV every time they came to the house. Like David made it impossible for her to work for MTV, which means that it was impossible for Barbara to work for MTV. So that's my thing. It's like, I understand point A, but they can't get to point B. Yeah, like, there's a very obvious reason for it. But yeah, like, it sucks that you guys weren't allowed to be, like, fully fleshed out characters with nuance and complexities. And if they had, if they had smarts, they'd be like, we're the only reason that this show got popular. Yeah. Like, we carried this show. Our drama carried this show for Mm -hmm. eight years. So how come our drama doesn't get to still carry it, is what they're trying to say. Right, exactly. It's because David threatens to kill the producers. <laughs> like, hello. And, like, of course they... <sighs> do you think that they are too afraid to say it? Or do you think that they just genuinely 
live in their own reality in which that is not a legitimate reason for them to be off the show. Janelle, yes. Barbara, no. I think Barbara's afraid to say it. Well, afraid might not be the right word. I think Barbara will just enable Janelle until she dies. Mm -hmm. And that includes now like lying about David, even though she said on camera, David's going to get Janelle fired. She's not going to have a job because of him. She said on camera, David could kill someone. She and Doris were talking about how they thought David was going to kill one of them on camera. Like she has repeatedly said this. Um, And I think that it's like a twofold thing going on for Barbara. I think even though Barbara will always enable Janelle, um, I think she valued her MTV paycheck higher. Mm -hmm. So she was still willing to like talk cash shit about David on TV. But now that that's not there, I think Barbara just like has gone full into enabling Janelle. Like Barbara will, people can say all they want that she stepped in and like saved Jason, she did and whatever. But like Barbara will put Janelle's needs above all else forever until she dies. And I think that that means that she will sit down and actively lie on this fucking documentary. And I also think that Barbara has always been a fan favorite. And I don't think she realizes um, what participating in this will make her look like because she's never really gotten a bad reaction true people think that she's like lovable somehow mm-hmm. <laughs> and when she and janelle are on good terms she will enable a lot of her and like let a lot of things slide exactly and now there's no reason not to be on good terms because there's not even an mtv check like like forcing them to fight and have that fight on camera right Mm. it's just so so, it's so fucked up barbara participating in this is so next level her saying that david isn't that bad her saying that they all get along now i'm just like barbara i do think though that like janelle genuinely believes that like genuinely does not understand really why she got fired i think she could like if you force it out of her i think she could be like well david was threatening the producers but like i don't think that goes from like her head to her heart right (laughs) exactly Oh, she lets a lot of things slide. Speaking of David and his, um, we haven't Tiger even gotten hair, to him yet. <laughs> the Tiger King hair. Why? Why does he continue to want to? Like when we first met David, he was he's he could cute. Be he yeah, he was not a bad looking guy. Clean cut. Nice. Honestly, do you remember when the kids got taken away and suddenly he showed up at court with his beard sha- beard shaven and he looked so normal? so much better why does he insist on looking like the part weird he wants to look like a serial killer he what it's very bizarre he makes himself look as ugly as possible and like i i would constantly be like i would see like david looks like shit david looks like shit david looks like shit and i'm like he does but you can so tell it's an active choice because if he just gave himself a buzz cut and shaved he would look normal he would look so much normal. Like, why you're insisting on this long, curly, uh, blonde, dyed blonde mullet? What? I don't. I don't know. I don't understand. Like his the choices he's making physically. I think I. It's very bizarre to watch someone make themselves look as ugly as possible. And and he just keeps topping himself. Every He's time he himself, him, he looks worse and more unhinged. So David, of course, has to explain the dog murder. I will say, 
I wish that Janelle got on this camera and said the only reason I got fired is because David killed a dog and nobody cared about him abusing Kaiser, but they only cared about him abusing the dog. I wish that, I wish that she had said that because that is my truth that Mm -hmm. like MTV did not care about, like they obviously didn't want to work with Janelle anymore because it was just too hard and David was starting to kill the producers. But I think if the dog never died, they would have gotten at least one more season out of her like traveling around and filming her. Um, to Atlanta impromptu trips to Atlanta exactly so I think that like the dog obviously is what pushed them over the edge and I would have loved if Janelle was like that you guys didn't care when we killed when we hurt our kids you only cared about the dog I wish she had said that but she wouldn't admit to hurting her kids yet maybe today today she wouldn't um because she does when she needs a restraining order against David right I also wonder if she knows that like if she had just left David after that she would have been Fine. Fine. She would still be on TV. She would absolutely still be on TV. Absolutely. It sounds like a fucked up choice to make if you're not considering the characters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) why would you make somebody choose between their husband and their job? That's fucked up. Like, out of context, sure. Right. But in this case, she really fumbled the bag on that. Girl, Janelle has thrown away, honestly, (laughs) like millions of dollars. Well, like, boatloads of money for this dude who was, we all know how the story's going to end, and it's not going to be pretty. No, it's not. I mean, I still think that she will end up leaving him eventually. I think, mm-hmm. I, what I kind of think is that maybe eventually he'll get arrested. I think she needs to get him off the property is the issue, because I don't think she can afford I don't think she can afford to live anywhere else now. Like I don't, she has no money. She is broke and she has no way to bring money in. I think the only way she brings money in is like those clickbait articles because she can't get any spawn con. She can't sell anything. And like on her eyebrow kits. (laughs) They're just sitting in her garage right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like she really can't make any money. She is, it is impossible for her to make money. So I, think that maybe eventually if she can get David off out of the house, even though he is like their names are both on the deed. If she can get him out of the house, maybe she'll leave him. I think she, and I mean, obviously she could always go to Barb's and like live at Barb's, but I think that like, he's going to have to leave, which like, who knows if that will ever happen. And that's why I say like, if he gets arrested and put in prison for like something serious and like, there has to be time. And then Janelle can meet some other loser. So, he talks about killing Nugget as if this is crazy. This is just like a thing that country people do. They go out and shoot the French bulldog. That's on the, property. the part. <laughs> I understand what old Yeller is. You know, right. like I, I don't disagree that there are cultural norms around pets that are different based on cultures, right? Like I am not going to deny that. I do think that people underestimate, like people who live out in the country, like there are a lot of people out there that don't take their pets to the vet. You know what I mean? That will Mm -hmm. put their pet down if it needs to be put down, that their dogs live outside. And it's not like people who are like obsessed with pets look at that and they're horrified, but because they're not like inside pets, like they don't think of it that way. And I do, I do believe that, right? Like, and I think that's valid. I think that people get to treat, I'm not saying you get to abuse your dog, but I do think that it's okay for different cultures to have like different levels of the way that they care for their pets, as long as like the animal's not hurt. Right. But what David is talking about is insane. 
it's first so of insane. all, also when we're talking about these dogs, they are labs, golden retrievers, German shepherds, like big dogs hunting that are dogs. meant to live outside. Yeah. But hounds, hunting, it, some sort of hunting dog that you take out to go like hunting with to shoot like elk or whatever exactly that has good that has a good fur to live outside year round Mm -hmm. that like none of its family has ever lived inside and then after 12 years instead of taking it to the vet to get put down you put it down i mean that sounds awful but it's a thing right right you're not talking about a french bulldog that you spent probably three thousand dollars on to get it from the breeder yeah that is not an outside dog in any way. French bulldogs are the opposite of outside dogs in that they must always be in a controlled climate because they can't because breathe. Their pathways, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, and the way they talk, they take no responsibility for this dog's behavior whatsoever. Nope, none. Like, I work with animals. I know a bad owner when I see one. They did none of the diligence to take care of this dog, and they showed that clip. Oh, this makes me so mad. They showed that clip of the dog nipping Ensley on the cheek. And I know he did that on purpose. You cannot tell me differently. Because he even said the dog had nipped at her earlier that day. Why on earth would you put that dog on the couch with a baby to let the baby in her face? Let the baby do whatever they want because they're babies and they see this really cute thing. And you let her get bit you wanted not to mention like we know janelle does not know how to take care of animals she's had about a hundred dogs since we started this show like we know she does not know how to take care of animals there was that thing with nate's huskies where they had to put like the warning like don't abuse your animals (laughs) but like Mm -hmm. don't kill your animals warning that mtv just slaps up there sometimes like we know she doesn't know how to take care of dogs david says that dog has always been aggressive. We had videos of the kids playing that we couldn't post because Nugget would be there like nipping at them. He said right. the kids would try and ride their bikes and Nugget would attack their tires. I'm like, that dog weighed four pounds. What are you talking about? Right. It's a fucking French bulldog. It's a puppy. <laughs> like, it's a puppy. Like That's nipping at their moment. bikes. Like, so pick it up. Right. Obviously, the dog is constantly being triggered and acting out accordingly. So don't even tell me that, like, you tried to reward it for positive behavior and every time, you know, you probably did that for about five minutes. If that. There was no training being done to this dog whatsoever. No, it probably lived outside and it probably had no brain cells because it wasn't getting oxygen to its brain. Probably not. Probably stoned the whole time of its life. Like... (laughs) Get out of here. Get, oh, David, so David's mad. saying that his dad would put dogs down. It's like, okay, first of all, let's talk about the cycle of abuse here. Um, uh, second yeah. of all, like I said, like a hunting dog that you like put down because the dog is sick and you're not going to take that dog to the vet to get chemo. That's one thing. Your little French bulldog that came from a breeder that shouldn't even be outside really. Like, right. Like, those dogs really honestly shouldn't exist in the first place. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, the most anomaly. unethical dog breed. Like <laughs> They really are. They're so cute, but, like, they they do this, like... They can't even have the babies. Thing. They have to give them C-sections. C-sections. Yeah. It's sick. <laughs> the, ooh, that made me so mad. And he even told a story that was so fucked up that even he admitted it that it was weird, that, like, his dad's friend shot 
the dog or like his dad shot the friend's dog or something because the dog came after him when he was a kid and then the guy brought the dead dog back to his house and he was like yeah that was weird like yeah it was weird david it's weird that you would shoot a dog and then bring it back to your home it's It's just it's so weird it makes no sense i just I cannot believe that. I mean, I can believe that David would like sit down and share that. And I know this is bad, but it just makes me laugh. The idea of like Janelle setting up the camera and being like, okay, babe, I'm going to ask you questions. And like, I need you to explain why you killed Nugget, but like, make sure, and you know, he's answering questions. She's like, make sure to include that she was always biting the bike tires. Let's start again. Like (laughs) the idea of Janelle directing David for this is like very funny to me, even though I know it shouldn't be funny because it's about truly one of the most horrific things that you can imagine. Right. Also, not to mention, it is speculated that David didn't just shoot the dog, that he beat the dog to death in front of mm-hmm. the kids and then shot mm-hmm. it. So yep. there's also that whole aspect of it, which I have never given much attention on this podcast because I have never really heard that from a reliable source. And I think it's very gross to like, like, not make up or like speculate on like how gross like how harshly someone murdered a dog in front of their family like I just think it's gross it's like it's like gore porn you know what I mean like torture porn yeah but if there is any credence to that like there's also that whole thing it's (sighs) disgusting it's so disgusting and Janelle was like this is really gonna work (sighs) (laughs) I mean my god my god he (sighs) how about wait we mentioned nessa for a second but how about barb saying that mtv set janelle up with nessa because she said she could see it on the teleprompter Uh that nessa was reading off of it which like okay so what like why wouldn't mtv be allowed to set her up and that janelle didn't say anything about colin kaepernick someone on her fan page posted a meme and she didn't even know what it was first of all Go get fucked. Second of all, Janelle's fan page, is this 2011? Like, it came from Janelle's Facebook. Third of all, like, I would believe that Janelle actually had no idea what she's sharing, but that's the problem. Don't share racist shit if you don't even know what it means because you're still responsible for it. Well, the surprise to her was probably that she had no idea that Colin Kaepernick was dating the host of the (laughs) Phoenix. She honestly, I bet, like, if three months after you posted that, you're like, Janelle, what do you think about Colin Kaepernick? She'd be like, who? Right. How stupid and just share shit that she's like, yeah, 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 I agree with that. But that doesn't make it any better because you're still sharing it. Right. And you have a platform. It doesn't matter if you have malice or not. You being too stupid to understand how racist it is actually isn't a defense. (laughs) It's, It's worse. It's, it's worse <laughs> because you're so stupid that you just share shit without even knowing what you believe in. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and they were talking about, um, how I had to say in Philly that time, because obviously like they wouldn't even let David in New York. Right. Um, and that because David had like threatened to kill Kale, like <laughs> David had like threatened multiple people on the MTV universe. And, they were talking about how David and Janelle got this stomach bug and she still went. And I was like, were they dope sick? Like, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly, but, but David was like, and then they wouldn't let my life, my wife leave. 
So, like, what was I supposed to do? They were holding her hostage. So I, like, threatened to call the police. And I'm like, stop it. They were not holding your wife hostage. Like, literally. And it's like, I was shitting my brains out. And she was so sick. And they wouldn't let her leave. And so, you know, I just texted them and told them that I was going to come up there. And I wasn't going to do that because I was sick and in bed. But, like, David, they didn't know that. And given your history of threatening people, obviously that would take, they would take that as a credible threat. So to act like it's like, oh, it's just little old me. I'm not going to do anything. Gee willikers. They know David David has a gun. They know David kills things. They know David is abusive. That's the most infuriating part of this between Janelle, David, and Barbara is that they act like MTV producers are fucking idiots for believing what David said with his own mouth. Right. The man pistol whipped somebody in 2020. It's so infuriating. And for then they were also trying to hammer in that thing about how like Janelle didn't do this stuff. David did it. And it's like, okay, but you're taking David's side. So they really want to play both sides of the same coin where they're like, David didn't actually mean any of it. He wasn't going to do it. It's stupid for MTV to care. But also, um, even if MTV did care, it's not fair because Janelle didn't actually say it. It's like, you can't have it both ways. You cannot. You can <laughs> MTV, Janelle really crying about MTV. Like, really, that's where you could tell Janelle was, like, genuinely emotional. Um, mm-hmm. I think she found the CPS stuff embarrassing which is why it upsets her. Um, I think she finds the MTV stuff devastating, not just because her money. I think that Janelle genuinely feels abandoned by them um, mm-hmm. because Janelle is very sick and they came into her life at a young age. And I think that she had a very, and this is the fucked up thing about reality TV, right? Especially she like 16 and pregnant. And uh, you guys know we can't get into the ethics of reality TV, but like that MTV let this very sick, drug-addicted teenager believed that they were her family, essentially. And I think she genuinely feels abandoned by them because Janelle has a lot of abandonment issues. And I'm not saying that's fine and normal, but I do believe like she is genuinely hurt by that because she really thought MTV was like her family that would never leave her, which is really stupid. And she shouldn't have felt that way. And if she had done any work on herself in the last 10 years, a therapist could have pointed that out for her, that your employer is not your family. Um, And she even mentions her producer, Kristen, being two-faced. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, she was only nice to me for the sake of the show. And it's like, yeah, that's called doing her job. Like, you're surprised by this? She's called, what do you think she's called a producer? This isn't friend to your, to the cast member, Janelle. That's not her job. I think that just goes to show how few friends Janelle has, how Mm -hmm. few loving family members Janelle has. This is not me defending Janelle or even, this is me feeling empathetic for like a teenager Janelle, you know, who like had such a terrible life and then was like brought into this and felt love and adoration for the first time in her entire life, getting it from MTV production and fans. And Mm -hmm. I think that Janelle does not, like she has attachment disorders. You know what I mean? Like she was not raised in any sort of loving home. And I think she like really, which is crazy because she's almost 30. So it's like, you need to be dealing with this. But I really think she is like, I cannot believe MTV fired me because I thought that they would never abandon me. And it's like, well, that's not the way the world works because they're your employer. They're not your family. 
Right. But yeah, I mean, it, it totally makes sense why she would be confused by that because they were consistently in her life for 10 years and letting her do whatever them. the fuck she wanted and having no consequences for it. Right. <laughs> That's why she's upset because she's like, You yeah. didn't care when I was doing dope on TV. Why do you care about this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think she's genuinely confused. I think she's like, Why, is, why did this get me fired? Yeah, she keeps going back and forth between, like, how free she feels about being away from the cameras <laughs> and also, like, how she felt introverted all year because she couldn't tell her story. And, like, you, well, it, it can't be both. It I mean, I'm both. wondering if in, in any of these episodes if she's going to address the fact that she left David, got a restraining order against him, tried to get back on MTV, moved to another state, and then came back. Of course not. Dated another guy and then came back. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Can we talk about the lies that she told? Yes. She talks about, first she starts these like crocodile tears about her kids being taken away on Mother's Day weekend. (laughs) A million times she says it. (laughs) And then it's like, immediately goes into the story about how David built her like a goat stand so she could milk the goats. And like, she starts laughing about how fun that was. And like, oh, it was such a great gift. And he was so great and this was like such a great mother's day and it's like well was it because two seconds ago it was awful because all your children had been taken away but he he made something out of two by fours and everything was great everything was hunky-dory yeah it makes no sense it makes no sense yeah then she says the kids were taken away for no other reason than david having anger issues and then she says of course, there were a bunch of other allegations that I can't get into, but, like, maybe I'll say it if I can. Oh, she yeah. actually even does say, like, look, the dog. I understand. They had to investigate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but, and then she's talking about the fact that CPS was only called because of, like, the haters online. Right. I mean, imagine yeah. saying, like, my kids were only taken from, by CPS for over two months because of my husband's anger issues, but that's it. It's like, what does anger issues mean? What do you mean by that? Because anger issues actually is a very valid reason to take children if his anger issues are him abusing them. Mm-hmm. This isn't like him yelling at the screen because the Tennessee Titans didn't like fumble the ball, girl. This is him having hand marks on your child's buttocks. And it's him killing the dog in front of Kaiser and Kaiser telling his dad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She then talks about how CPS intimidated her at 17 into signing her rights away to Oh my God. I forgot about that part. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that part. That part is crazy because I, okay. I do think that there is an ounce of truth to that. This is why Janelle is so fascinating because there's always an ounce of truth to the things she says. And then you have to like, you have to like peel the layer a hundred times to like try and get to what she's saying. And this is what I mean by like, I think she believes everything she's saying because mm-hmm. like there's an ounce of truth to it. And then it's just so warped in her fucked up brain. Um, yeah. I think that Janelle was pressured in a way to sign J- her custody over to Jace. But I think it was, how do I want to say this? I think that I personally believe that Barbara called him, called CPS because she didn't know what else to do. And I think that CPS like said to her, okay, you can give Jace to your mom or we're going to 
have a case against you. And I think that at the time, Janelle really didn't understand what either of those things truly meant because she was a 17 year old drug addict. Like, I don't think that she had any understanding of what that is. And I do think that there is a problem in our system that like a 17 year old drug addict can have a kid and then CPS gets involved and they're not getting her any help. And it's just like, here are your two options. Like, I do think that is a failure of the system. And honestly, Janelle's whole childhood is a failure of the system, right? Like, yeah. so I do kind of understand what she's saying there, but I wouldn't call it manipulation. I would call it Janelle just being a 17 year old drug addict who didn't understand what she was doing. And yeah. I think that like, uh, like the crazy thing is what she's saying is that she's like, well, I was, I should have fought. I should have fought for him. But the thing that is so crazy is that she doesn't realize actually what happened was the best case scenario because if she had refused to sign Jace over to her mom and CPS actually brought a case against Jace or her and removed Jace from the home, her parental rights would have been terminated. Exactly. And that would have happened probably within two years because Janelle would not have done what she needed to do. She would not have actually fought. So the kernel of truth is that I do think Janelle was manipulated into this only because I don't think she really had the capacity to understand what was happening. But then the rest of it is bullshit because if she had any self-awareness or now at 30 years old had any understanding of what actually happened, she would understand that she's quite lucky that the end result of this has been that she gets to have Jason in her life very regularly and she still right. has parental rights. Right. Exactly. It, yeah, I get it. And I get like, then she says she didn't read any of the papers, which is like, uh, okay. Yeah, you make a good point of like she probably even if she had she probably wouldn't have really grasped the gravity of the situation no she wouldn't have but the thing is it's like it's very scary that it's now been 11 years since this happened and Mm -hmm. she doesn't have any sort of perspective on it none That's the crazy part because I can understand 17 year old Janelle not getting it. I do not understand 30 year old Janelle not getting it. Because her excuse was like, I'm a good mom. I would make videos. I would take videos of Jace and make picture albums, but all of that went unnoticed. I really almost just spit out my water. (laughs) (laughs) Sweetie, a picture, a photo album is not going to change your baby's diaper. It's not going to measure out the formula properly, which we is- We watched you abandon your child yeah. on tele- live on television. We saw yeah. it happen. The footage is there. <laughs> the receipts are right there. Like, you made a, a photo album, baby. And CPS needed to step in because Jace was not in a safe home with her as the guardian. And that's not just a fact. And if they had stepped in, I guarantee you, Janelle would not have been able to follow through with any sort of parenting plan to get Jace back and her rights would have been terminated. And honestly, CPS shouldn't have even given her the chance for Barbara. And I wish they had just done that for Jace's sake. Mm-hmm. Because he was a little baby, a cute little white baby. And that cute little white baby would have been adopted in one second. Without a problem. He would have been immediately placed into somebody's home that was willing to do foster to adopt and those people would have adopted him because he was a cute little nine-month-old white baby. I mean, oh my gosh. Where do you think that Janelle's life would have gone if, if she had just taken, if they had just taken the kid? Um, similarly. Very yeah. similarly. I don't think it would have really made a difference um, mm-hmm. because I think to her, 
obviously based on this she doesn't see a difference between her mom having him and like a stranger having him and her rights being terminated mm-hmm. cuz she says that if i had fought through that i would have been able to get through anything and i'm like but you wouldn't have fought through it right <laughs> you barely fought through it through your mom you didn't <laughs> <laughs> i mean my god my God. She was most mad that Barbara was getting custody because then she couldn't get financial aid for college. If you go back and watch season one, she was going to be able to get um, like a single parent FAFSA consideration. Mm-hmm. And then when she tells the guidance counselor at the community college that her mom actually has custody now, they were like, oh, then you don't qualify for this. And so she can get like the Pell Grant or whatever, you know, like whatever the option was for if you're like a parent mm-hmm. that's mm. what she was most mad about at the time oh my god help us all help us all do you have any other lies written down um <laughs> do i uh, mm, i don't think i do i loved how barbara mentioned amber calling her drunk on on instagram or the internet one of the two and she's telling me to go suck somebody's blank 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 and i'm like oh my god i'm 67 she's gonna go tell me to do that (laughs) (laughs) iconic i wish amber would make a response documentary i mean what would that even look like i wonder if she realizes this happened i'm sure she does I would like to see Amber's response to this. I'm a real woman. <laughs> I have my kids, but like, no, you don't. Janelle <laughs> <laughs> oh actually has more of her kids than Amber does. Sad. Sad. <laughs> oh God. That's a crazy thing to think about. Do you think where she's going to drop part two or do you think that'll be the end? Um, I would be surprised. Yeah, I would be surprised if there are four parts, let alone two parts. Janelle doesn't really follow through on things. I mean, I'm really shocked we got a whole, like, 47 minutes of in part one. Same. Genuinely shocked that she put that whole thing out. And honestly, like, I don't really even know what else she could say that I would be interested in. Right. What else is there? We went over everything. <laughs> like, she, she at one point said, oh, I'm going to stop talking about the MTV thing. I'm like, don't, because I, I don't give a shit about anything else. We talked about... Her getting cut losing custody we talked about her getting fired we talked about david killing the dog we talked about how fucked up barbara is like what else is there to discuss what could what? there be three more parts about like what do you think well you want to be a mommy blogger baby i Funny. would like to see one more part on her looming david and like what happened there and whatever oh, crazy yeah. thing that she says happened and how she talks about that <laughs> i would be quite interested in that i'd be interested in her interpretation of the facts sure yeah and like her explaining why she got a restraining order against him why she went to boston to fuck some guys she met on snapchat (laughs) (laughs) i would be interested in hearing that and hearing what barbara has to say about that and hearing what david has to say about that which i understand is sick and twisted because david is abusing janelle i recognize that but i still want to see it in my greatest fantasy, D'Angelo Wallace would do a, a just a complete <laughs> breakdown of this, this documentary. Sometimes I watch D'Angelo Wallace's videos and I'm like, why do I do commentary? This <laughs> is so much good. better. <laughs> He's very good. 
Oh, so yeah, that is Janelle's. Oh, and the funniest, funniest part is the end credits. Oh my God. <laughs> Written by Janelle Eason. Hold on, I want to pull them up. <laughs> yeah, it's like Janelle Eason, cast. Barbara Evans, cast. David Eason, cast. Director Janelle Eason, producer Janelle Eason, film editor Janelle Eason, creator Janelle Eason. That's incredible. That's I'm surprised beautiful. they didn't do in, in memory of Nugget 2019 to 2019. They absolutely should have. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So, you know, here's hoping that there's at least one more episode. <laughs> I, I feel like you're not going to get the answers. Well, you're definitely not going to get the answers oh, you want. But... No, I don't want aunt Kara. <laughs> I'm not expecting answers. I want to hear what she has to say about it. <laughs> that's different than me wanting answers from her i'm never gonna get answers from her i just want to hear what fucked up things that she would say about it right and justify like pulling our kids out of school and oh all God. of that beautifulness <laughs> uh let's that move on great. To, thank you to for making Mom me too. you're welcome okay so this week was the premiere of Teen Mom 2. One thing I do want to know is that they've changed up the editing a little did you notice this mm-hmm they had their names written differently and we did not see an iPad. Yeah, the fonts were different. I, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I thought the premiere was like, okay. I thought it was interesting. Some things that you can obviously tell were recorded um, in lockdown. Yeah. Like, Especially like the interviews and stuff. Leah doing like a talking head was very weird. Very. <laughs> What's going on in Leah's brain? I, let's start with Leah because I have okay. a lot to say about Leah that I think is very different from the way that a lot of people are perceiving Leah now. Okay. Because everything online seems to be so positive about Leah. And I watch this and I think Leah is a weak ass bitch. Leah. Yeah, I would agree. She seemed, she very much wants us to think that she's like a victim of her own circumstances. Exactly. Everything just happens to happen to Leah. And mm-hmm. she has no part of it. And look, I'm not saying that Leah hasn't gotten better since she was like addicted to drugs. Like clearly yeah. she has. It would yeah. be crazy to say that she has not. She looks better. She acts better. She's a much better mother than she was. But Leah still has a lot of fucking issues. But Leah doesn't get the same shit that let's say Kate does because Leah's pretty. And Leah oh, put absolutely. on new eyebrows and changed her hair. And everyone's like, glow up. And I'm like, okay, but, like, she's so fucked up. She literally just gets so much credit for being, like, pretty and having a nice little makeup job. Like, she can contour her face. She has foundation that matches now. Not to mention she was, like, fully in the cult thing when this was filmed. Thank you. And I I read a Reddit comment today that was like, it's so obvious that Leah really took to heart what she learned in therapy. I'm like, Kate and Tyler, who just go away and don't, and I'm like, I'm like, but Kate is doing significantly better than she was doing two years ago, just like Leah was. So how come Kate doesn't get any of that grace? Oh, I know why. Because Kate is ugly and fat. Thank you. She's not hashtag goals. She's not somebody who could do like a fashion Nova, like any sort of, you know, we, Leah's like a wheat field girl. Like you can see her taking pictures in a field of wheat. Literally she does it. Those like weird photo shoots she'll do with the girls where they all look like they're in a cult and it looks so weird because that's not how they normally dress at all. 
Right. Floppy hats. You can see her wearing a shirt that talks about, like, some combination of, like, coffee, mama, wine o'clock. She's a wine o'clock mom. Exactly. And that's not saying that she's not better because she obviously is doing significantly better but i think you can acknowledge that while also acknowledging that she's a two-faced weak-ass bitch (laughs) for her to get off that stage i wanted to i didn't have time i wanted to re-watch that reunion segment because i remember being so fucking mad about it for her to get off stage and act like she had no control over anything jeremy said was wild to me Mm mm-hmm why she acted like she tried to rebut and like tried to cover for Corey and make it seem but like she didn't she and then she joined in on the Miranda shit talking which mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if you didn't say anything about Corey you said shit about Miranda which is the same thing as saying it's something about thing. Corey because they're a married couple and refresh my memory was were Co- definitely not Miranda but was Corey on last season at all save for like very a over a very split. very a very rare amount. I think the only reason he was in this episode is because he was mad. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Like, he wanted to stake his claim. Yes. I. So, for her to get off that stage and be like, there was nothing I could do. Okay, first of all, first of all, Jeremy only knew to say any of that shit because Leah was talking shit on Corey Miranda to him. Thank you. And and Corey was right for mentioning that, like, I don't, where, how, where would that have even come from? It's so clear. First of all, we know that Leah and Jeremy are fucking at this time, right? And Leah, like, yes. desperately wants to get back with Jeremy. And I guarantee you she was just talking cash shit on Miranda and uh, Corey. Mm-hmm. And so when she, when he started, and I'm so over this, like, Leah doesn't like confrontation thing. Like, grow the fuck up, first Girl. of all. You are a 30-year-old woman. You are on a television show. All she had to do when Jeremy started that was like, you know what, Jeremy, I don't really agree. And I don't want you to talk about this. Dr. Drew, I don't want to talk about this. We need to move on because Corey, Miranda, and I are actually in a very good place right now. And look, it's not perfect, but like, Mm -hmm. this isn't, I don't want to mess things up by talking about this. Jeremy, I understand that you have your feeling, like she didn't even have to fight with Jeremy. All she had to do was say, shut this down. Yeah. This is 0% your business. Jeremy, who basically was like, not even really involved in the twins' life he's not involved in Addie's life (laughs) thank you like you're not Corey was right like you're not father of the year either stupid for and Jeremy like if I remember like the the glee Jeremy had when he was doing this Mm -hmm. and first of all I'm like you are such an asshole for this because like you're fucking up Leah's life on purpose right now like and Leah doesn't even see that I don't think but like for Leah to act like she had literally no control over it is just such horseshit she could yeah. have, the minute he started talking about it, she could have been like, wait, this is not fair. Corey's not here. Corey Miranda and I get along great. Like, things are not perfect, but we've come so far, Dr. Drew. Yeah. But and she's like, a weak-ass bitch. So she let Jeremy say all of the things that she didn't want to say so she could then pretend like she had no part of it, but kick up the drama anyway. Yeah. And she's like, well, they're going to see it when it comes on TV. Okay. Or you could get on your fucking phone right now and yeah. call Corey and tell him what happened and say, Corey, look, I'm really sorry. We just filmed the reunion and Jeremy said a lot of stuff that I said to him when we were like trying to get back together. And I had no idea he would ever bring it up. I said some things about Miranda. I regret. I'm really unhappy with what I said. And I'm really unhappy. And I have a lot of regret for not shutting it down, but I didn't. 
And I just want you to know, no, Corey and Miranda have to find out by like people tweeting them. Like, are you watching this shit? Right. Even if they filmed and then the reunion came out a week later, that's entirely too much time to let that go by. I would be like, Corey, if I was Corey, I'd be like, why wouldn't you call me and tell me this is going to happen? Because I guarantee you, Corey and Miranda didn't even watch the reunion. They don't give a fuck about the reunion. And I'm sure Leah was maybe thinking, like, I'll just wait and see if they even show it. Yes, which, like, come on, dumbass. Like, this is the only cool thing that's happened at a reunion in 10 fucking years. Right. (laughs) This is the most exciting thing that's ever happened at a reunion. Right. Of course they're going to show it. Actually, they should only show this and not show the rest of the reunion because the reunions are so (laughs) shitty. But you guys finally provided some drama. Right. Oh, my God. And Victoria afterwards is like... Leah, you need to start being confrontational. And like, I don't even understand. What are they talking about? She doesn't need to be confrontational. She did not need to fight with Jeremy. No. She just needed to shut it down. And if she didn't, like, I understand it can be hard in the moment. And you might, even in my most generous reading of this, where I'm like, okay, Leah cannot stick up for herself. She's a weak ass bitch. Like she let Jeremy get away with it. And she has a lot of regret for it. You call Corey and tell him. Shut it down. Diffuse the situation before exactly and be like, you know what? I understand if you guys are mad, this shouldn't have happened. You know how it gets at reunions, you know how it is. Like, we had a long day, I'd had drank two glasses of wine before we got on stage, so I was like not feeling my best self and I wasn't clear headed. Come up with any fucking excuse you need. So, when this happens, Corey doesn't start getting a hundred notifications on his Twitter, like, yo, Leah just called your wife a bitch and Jeremy called you a deadbeat. It is infuriating. And, like, obviously, like, I could never really be friends with Corey because obvious reasons, but he's a good dad, and he does the best he can, and, like, he is there, and he's the best parent that uh, any he's of these the children girl's have. primary caregiver and has been. Yeah. Well, Miranda is. Right. Let's be real. Miranda is their primary caregiver. I'm still not over Leah having the nerve to get up on that stage. Like, she did not fuck Miranda's husband. <laughs> How dare you? How, How dare, dare you? you? You fucked her husband. And yes, Miranda chose to stay with Corey. And that's that's a whole other conversation. But if Miranda's boundary is that she doesn't want to talk to you at the game, she doesn't fucking have to. No. She is raising your children, raised your children while you were out getting high and barely said anything stepped up to be their primary caregiver for the last six years. If her family isn't, if Corey's family isn't so keen to talk to you when Miranda's around. That's a consequence of your fucking actions, Leah, exactly. and you need to deal with it. Yep. 100%. Imagine fucking somebody's husband and then being like, I don't really understand why she's mean to me. And calling them a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda damned. could say, imagine the things Miranda knows about Leah. Uh, I mean, the infamous monkey thing happened because Miranda's like, okay, you want to get fucking honest? And then Dawn shut it down by screaming monkey. <laughs> I just can't. And her acting like she had no clue that this was going to happen. I guarantee you, Jeremy told her she was going to do it. He was going to do it. He, he hinted at it for sure. And she, she probably laughed. Yeah. Jeremy. Ah, no. Mm. You're, also, you're like, totally if, right. Corey's right. Like if you have a problem with Corey not coming to the appointments, which is a fair argument, talk to Corey. Yeah. Why, what, what would be the issue? Like, clearly he wants to be involved in these ch- children's life. 
clearly he wants to be like yeah why don't you just say it to him just say it yeah why do we have to have a whole scene where you're like Allie girl would you like your daddy to come to your appointments oh we're not even i i have a lot to say about that too (laughs) here's the thing with Corey and the appointments do i think Corey should be going to the appointments yes do i understand that Corey works a job where he probably as he has said he gets 10 days off a year and six of those he uses to take a vacation with his daughters and the rest he needs for sick days. Yeah. I also understand that. I understand mm-hmm. that. Like I, I can see Corey's thinking where he's like, I didn't really know it was an issue for me not to go. Like I, right. I can understand that thinking. And I agree with Leah that he should be going. But once again, like all she had to do was call Corey and been like, Hey, I'm feeling frustrated that you're not coming to these appointments. They're really hard for me. They're emotionally draining. I would like somebody else in the room for them. You're her dad. And I think you should be coming. I understand you don't have a lot of time off, but I need you to make this a priority. Even go to one, go to one of the two a year. Yeah. But she didn't even do that. And said she just talks shit to Jeremy and then brings it up at the reunion. And that's how it's brought up. <laughs> and idiot. then for her to go, well, first of all, when she calls Jeremy, her and Jeremy have that conversation and they're like talking about the tweets and Jeremy's like, ha, you see your ex's tweets. She's not even like, this is all your fault. Like you need to make it right with Corey. Mm-hmm. She's just like, it's not funny. Right. Stupid. So I want to talk about how she talked to Allie. Um, Because, look, the girls are now, what, 10? Mm -hmm. Did you see how uncomfortable Allie was? Very. She's like, do you want your dad to come to the appointments? And Allie whispers, yes. Whispers it. I literally had to rewind it because I was like, did she say yes or no? Like, I Mm -hmm. couldn't hear her. Because Allie is old enough to understand that there are cameras watching her and her dad will see what she says. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as Leah mentioned her, do you like when mommy comes, that's when Allie's like, I love it when you come. And she like is happy again because it's not awkward for her because Leah's sitting right there. Allie and the girls understand that their parents are going to see if they talk shit about them on camera. And it's so shitty of Leah to put that on Allie on camera. Yeah. And the twins are smart girls. Like when we saw that, uh, like flashback to last season (laughs) and What's the other one's name, Aaliyah? Grace. Well, yeah, Grace, Aaliyah Grace. Gracie, Gracie. She said that, I think you only want to be with Corey because Addie told you. Yeah. That you was, like, that's a very astute observation. Yeah, because they date with their mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a very, it, it was dark. It was, <sighs> she has very cute little curly hair, though, I have to say. She's got a very thick hair, head of hair. Yeah. She's really cute. And it's just really shitty. Like, you know, once the kids are a certain age, you have to stop making them like talk about their other parent on TV. And that goes for everyone on this show. Yeah, I agree. It's just not fair. I agree. (sighs) So that's it for Leah. I just like, everybody's like the glow up sis. And I'm like, okay, she's doing better, but like, she's still on teen mom. Like, let's not get carried away. Yeah, I agree. Oh my God. There really was nothing else, right? She's just like, oh, no, I just feel like I'm stuck in the middle. That's it. And that weird talking head she was doing because obviously they record stuff out of order. Right. 
<laughs> and need to clarify situations. Oh my God. Okay. So let's talk about Brie who had a very poor Brie has tweeted. Like, I'm really embarrassed about this season. She fucking should be. I mean, right out the gate, just humiliated herself. Brie's like, has tweeted, like, I had a really bad season. Good. I'm glad she's got the awareness of that now because girl. Oh God. Her. Ooh, this was tough to watch. Stupid. Like, I could not believe that she, oh, Brie, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it makes me tense. Like, I know they eventually move into the house, but it still makes me feel very claustrophobic to see all those women, all those girls in that two-bedroom apartment, three-bedroom apartment. I know. It's tough. It's oh, tough. tough. Oh, I just, like, when they go to that club and... Like, you can tell she wants to fuck Lewis as soon as they get there. I just think it's very interesting how she acts with Lewis versus Devon. I mean, out of the two, you fuck Devon, not Lewis. I think it's because she was the one that was like, I don't want to be with Devon anymore. And like, just has no interest in Devon. And I think she still is like very upset that Lewis played her. And that's like, fine, because you're well above him looks wise but you don't solve that by fucking him yeah (laughs) the fact that she went over to shirley's house and said with her whole chest like oh i'm so upset that lewis isn't like doing shit he's still a good for nothing lazy fucker and i'm gonna go to the club where he's djing get wasted and confront him and cry brie was truly crying in the club I'm going to get a bottle girl to bring us a medium-sized bottle of Hennessy with a flare light candle on it. I'm going to drink half of it. I'm going to cry. And then I'm going to make him take me home. Yeah. This is me standing up for my daughter. Yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird. I don't understand. I mean, I do understand. It's just like pathetic. It's a pathetic action that a lot of us have done. This is is like... She's a little younger than the rest of them. She's like two years younger than everybody else. Okay. She's like 26, I think. Too old for sure. This is how you behave at like 24 tops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her game game plan of I'm just going to get wasted and confront him like, girl, this isn't bad girls club. Yeah, it's not. It's like, she's like, I'm going to go there, but I'm not going to confront him. I just want to pop up on him so he knows that I know he's in town. I'm like, you could send him a text. He knows that you know that he, he posted a poster of him, an ad of him on Instagram. He knows that you know that. You don't have to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for her to be like, do you not come around because you want to be with me? I was like, no, that's not why he doesn't come around. <laughs> when she said that, I was like, yikes. Even he laughed. Yeah, he was like, what? <laughs> she's like, are you mad because it didn't work out between us? And he was like, huh? And she's like, are you, because you wanted us to be together? And he's like, I mean, I guess. Like, <laughs> I think this is maybe going to get me laid, so I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> Oh, he played the fuck out of her. Yeah. 
Yes, like he really did. Of like, oh, I'm gonna come and see her, and I just, I just don't like seeing her because I don't have anything going on, and it's like intimidating. And like, I know you've got her. Like, does that sound good? That you know that your daughter's mother has got her, and that's why you don't come. That's part of the reason why you don't come around. Yeah, stupid. So stupid. And then when she's like, "So where's your house?" He's like, "Huh." Girl, no idea she was gonna do that. Girl, like, first of all, he doesn't have a home. He lives with somebody. <laughs> so you're now going to get an STD from a dude who you already let him pregnant you, abandon you, let you look fucking stupid on national television, and now you're going to be hitting it on somebody's, like, dirty love seat. <laughs> God, she should have just, like, got them a hotel at least. Right, like, let me... Let me get you down to the Hilton. We could do also, like a, she, I love the idea. She's like, he won't know I'm coming. And I'm like, girl, you bring an MTV cameras with you. Right. They have to set up before you get there. I think he'll know. I think he'll figure it out, Brie. I th- you're not going rogue on like cheaters. Like, I think he'll get it. I just, it was so funny when she was just like crying and being like, are you mean to me because you want to be with me? <laughs> If that wasn't, like, me, 19, and drunk off Everclear, talking to a guy who doesn't give a shit about me, like, girl. That was me and, like, my 11th grade boyfriend who was so awful to me, and he'd be like, it's because I care too much. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, he broke up with me because he was, like, scared about how much he cared. (laughs) But I was 17, okay? Oh, stupid. Oh, my God. God bless her. God bless her for being an idiot. Oh, God, Brie. I'm, apparently, she gets the clap from him, so that's going to be fun. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to Jade, who... Jade, like, makes my anxiety go up watching her segments. Oh, the screaming, the yelling. The level of rage in her segments is, like, really tough to watch. Yeah. I know you, I think you said that, like, your family yelled yeah. when you were growing up, but, like, I don't know that. That's not my life. And so, like, I, this is, like, a totally different universe for me. I don't get how people scream so also, frequently. My family so yelled, well. but not like that. Like, they're yeah. at a whole different level. Probably not screaming in an office. Where yeah, it was, like, if you were in public, it was, like, fuck you. It was, mm-hmm. like, under your breath, like... <laughs> Right. <laughs> Under your breath, oh. abusive behavior, but not like screaming in public like that. Like out in the hallway. The interesting thing about Chrissy is that she seems to like have no idea. She comes to this reunion and seems to like not expect Dr. Drew to ask her about her drug addiction or anything she's ever done at all. Right. Like, uh, my whole life is being displayed. Like, yeah, girl, you're on a reality show. <laughs> That's what Jade said. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> if you don't want this to be shown, don't sign the release. It's that simple. Don't be on the show. It's such a funny fight because Chrissy's like losing her mind over nothing, but it's hard to watch like how like viscerally Jade reacts. Mm-hmm. And it's like this scary, like the level, okay. I'm not saying that Jade obviously has a shit ton of undisputed or like un, unresolved issues with her mom, right? Like obviously, 
But like the fact that her anxiety pops up at like that level of rage and how she goes from like zero to a hundred so quickly, mm-hmm. even though Chrissy is the one that started it and Chrissy is the mom and Chrissy is responsible for most of this behavior. Yeah. I need Jade to like get her mental health and reactions under control because this isn't going to help her in life. And it's, it's unfortunate because she is very mature and she has taken on, well, I don't want to say she's very mature, but she does have moments where you see her think critically mm-hmm. and how she has riven, risen above like her circumstances in life. Yeah. She's driving a Mercedes. <laughs> all things considered she's doing quite well and there she are is. probably a light, a lot of cycles that she is breaking and ending with her but when she just pops the fuck off it's like oh well here we go we're like two steps forward seven steps back exactly and i worry that she's gonna get herself into trouble with that mm-hmm. um because it shows that she just like what's she gonna do like if she's out at a club and like someone starts yelling at her does she go to that level of rage are right. her and sean physically fighting um right. like i i don't know i personally believe that it's very hard to contain that level of rage without making it physical ever it seems really hard because if i got to that level i can imagine i would just throw i would be throwing fists like i i just can't imagine being that heated and not wanting to like take it to a physical level like it's exactly and i'm not saying if you ever get that angry you will then be physical like i don't mean it like that because i do like there's shit happens you know what i mean and like we don't react to all these things and sometimes we get really fucking angry and maybe there's one time in your life that you had a reaction like that or maybe even five times but Mm -hmm. jade seems to have this reaction four times a week and i don't know how you can sustain that level of anger and uh-huh. like that level of rage and you can tell so like i grew up in a yelling house but like it was never like my dad was going to a rage blackout he was just an asshole he was more mm-hmm. like christy honestly mm-hmm. like you could tell christy's not in any sort of rage blackout right no, she's just no. picking and being an asshole and this is not a defense of christy but like no. christy doesn't give off like violent vibes to me at least not the way that she fights with jade her level of anger is just like rude and uncalled for but it, it's not it doesn't worry me. Something about the way that Jade screams and like gets so mad at everyone. Like you can tell Jade is blacked out when she's raging like that. And mm-hmm. that to me is scary. That when you have regular rage blackouts, I think it is very hard to not get to a physical level. Not even necessarily hitting someone, throwing things, yeah. breaking things, breaking somebody's phone. Um, once my friend threw a candle at her boyfriend, a lit candle. Um mm. Like things like that. You know what I mean? Like if you are regularly getting to that level where you, she doesn't seem to have control over herself when she gets there. And I think that's the difference between her and Christy. Christy always seems in control to an extent. Yes. She knows what she's doing. I mean, she knows exactly what she's doing. Like it's not a defense of her, you know? No, no. (laughs) But it's also like, I could see why she, uh, Jade would get pissed if, A, it's like, you're mad at me because of how television is portraying you accurately. Yeah. (laughs) Not my fault. Oh, I get why Jade is so mad. (laughs) (laughs) And B, like, to be like, oh, the the TV has changed you. Now you're a big MTV star. Now you're Miss Highbridges of wherever the fuck, Indiana or wherever she lives. And 
I, that would piss me off too. But like, yeah, I just couldn't imagine getting so rageful. Like, remember last season she passed out that time? Like, mm-hmm. after her and Sean had that fight and the police came, like, she passed out because she yeah. was so overwhelmed by her rage and panic. It's not just rage, it's right. It's like her panic disorder. Like, mm-hmm. at the same time, like, you can tell when she's doing this that she is in like a full blown anxiety attack. She even says, like, on the way to Chloe's birthday, when she's driving, she's like, oh, I just feel like I'm so filled with anxiety. And I worry about her heart. Like, you're going to rage yourself into a heart attack. Exactly. That's why it's, like, so, it's so hard to watch her. I think it's interesting to watch her, especially as far as Team Mom 2 goes and, like, how boring this show is. But it, it is hard to watch because it's, like, how many times can someone, like, be screaming on the top of your lung- their lungs, like, in somebody's face without it escalating to something very scary. And Sean also kind of gets that level. And so mm-hmm. it's very scary to imagine the two of them at that yeah. level. Yep. Yeah. Sean is so manipulative. Sean is so weird. <laughs> he's so weird, but he's so obviously manipulating her. I just wish that she would get it. And she's much like, like you always say Bar and Ashley are going to be like in each other's lives forever. I think it's very similar. Like, I don't really see Jade ever letting Sean go, even though it would mean tremendous growth for her to just have him out of her life and to find somebody better. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's like, I think Sean is kind of a perfect example of how Jade is very self-sufficient in a lot of ways. And like, even if she didn't have MTV, Jade would be paying her bills and taking care of her daughter. You know what I mean? Like, Jade takes care of herself, but it just shows how stunted and fucked up she is. Mm-hmm. Like, by her childhood, because she, like, why is Jade, like, su- like dragging this man along in her life? Why? And it's so obvious, like, it's obvious, like, he gets back on whatever drugs he's on, mm-hmm. and he pops off, mm-hmm. and then he gets sober, and mm-hmm. is like, oh, I need a place to stay, so I'll love bomb Jade mm-hmm. into letting me stay on the couch, and then I'll move back into the bedroom and we'll be happy family for about six to eight weeks before I decide to, you know, get high again. And then we'll start the cycle all over. It's, it's really sad that she doesn't get that. Exactly. And that's where it's like, she's a lot like Kale in that way where you can see the positive qualities that came because she had to be a very independent child. But mm-hmm. then, and so you see like the good stuff out of that, but like, the emotional stuff is like going to take her down. Yeah. Yep. And I laughed really hard though when Chrissy was like, you look like a rose. You're trying to make yourself look like a rose. And Sean goes, she is a rose. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Sean had just like completely exited out of the, not the room, but the fight. Yeah. And by standing like in the window. Standing in the window. <laughs> Somebody on Reddit posted like, Christy is like, uh, 2020, uh, Jade is like me trying to survive and Sean's like me vibing. (laughs) (laughs) He really was fucking vibing so hard. Like he looked like Mr. Gray will see you now standing in the window. (laughs) I love when Christy was like, mom, you know, and her grandma's like, I'm not getting involved in this. (laughs) Also like Jade's hot grandpa makes me laugh every time. (laughs) That man is 22 years old. I do not understand her grandfather. (laughs) Everybody's so young. Uh, Especially because her grandma looks very old, even though I'm sure her grandma's like 52, you know, like, because she probably had Chrissy as a teen, Chrissy had Jade as a teen. Like, it's very much like a, 
Leah situation, but like uh-huh. the grandfather looks 35 and the grandma looks like 72. So it's very <laughs> confusing. It is so confusing. Oh my God. Uh, so then it's, they leave MTV. They, well, Jade actually did say something interesting when she was screaming after the fight. I don't want to film, get this fucking mic off of me. She was like, I please respect the fact that I'm a person and I have something going on in my life, which was like kind of sad to hear. Yeah. But it's also, like, you're joining reality TV in, like, 2018, you know? And and she wasn't 15. She was 22 when she joined the show. And it's, like, you know what you're signing up for at this point. Yeah, you do. The girl, the original 16 and Pregnant Girls, we can talk about. Jade, mm, you know, it's a little, it's a little less, it's a little less easy to feel bad for her in a moment like that. It is. She also said something interesting that she stopped filming for two weeks after that. Yeah. Didn't take any calls. Wouldn't let them come film. She and her mom ended up making up, you know, which is. Well, basically she was like, my mom and I work together, so we have to get along. And I was like, and that in lies the crux of Jade's life issues. Yep. Is that she still has her mom for somebody that she is so angry at and so upset with. She still has her mom so intertwined in her life. Yeah. Because that restaurant her grandma owns, I'm pretty sure Jade financed or helped to finance. And I think that she could say, like, my mom can't work here. She lets her mom take Chloe all the time and then is always getting mad at her about that. Like, at least Kale doesn't have her mom in her life at all. Mm -hmm. Like, Jade really needs, like, it's also frustrating to watch someone, like, refuse to set boundaries with their family and then, like, be so angry and hurt by their family. And it's, like, you need to set boundaries because your mother is who she is and she's never going to change. And only right. you can change. Yeah. And when you say, like, well, we have to get along because we're working together, I'm like, so don't work there. Right. Like, you don't have to work at the restaurant. You can get a serving job anywhere. Anywhere that's what frustrates me. She, Jade very much acts like she is a victim of her own circumstances, which she is to an extent. But like, this is the time in your life at 23, 24, however old old she is now that like, you have to start becoming an adult and like creating those boundaries and figuring out like, how do I stop this? Mm Because if you don't stop it soon, it's going to go on forever. Like Barbara and Janelle. Right. Yeah. Oh, let's pray that it does not get to that point. So it's Chloe's second birthday, Chloe, K-L-O-I-E. Can we talk about how she was chugging Pedialyte? (laughs) And then she got in the car with a Gatorade in her hand. I'm like, you okay, girl? I would also like to mention that her friend who was with her making the cake, her friend's son's name was Shakur, as in like Tupac Shakur. (laughs) I did not notice that. (laughs) That poor little blonde three-year-old named Shakur. Honey. (laughs) Choices. It just, you know, she's in the car with her friend and she's like, I don't understand why Sean won't come because he's mad at me. And her friend was like, you don't? (laughs) (laughs) You could tell her friend was like, this is who he is. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's enough. Like, Jade, like, has a shocked Pikachu face at all times. You know, she's like, Mm -hmm. Sean's not showing up. And it's like, yeah, girl, Sean has never shown up. Right, like, he was probably looking for an excuse not to go. So he got into a fight with you, and then he wanted to text you, like, tell my baby happy birthday. Yeah. That was different. Jade is so mad, she has no idea how to even handle this, and it's like, okay, this is like every other day with you and Sean, so like, 
why are you pretending to be confused by this? <laughs> then she invites Sean's grandparents, which I'm curious about this. Me too. Because Sean does end up showing up and then sees his grandparents are there and like curses out everybody at the party and like leaves and rips off his mic. And like the level of anger he has for his grandparents being there, I'm like, are they like, I'm wondering, like, are they abusive? And Jade invited them to get back at Sean. Because how bad could it be if like, he said they don't deserve to be here. Like, exactly. As somebody that does not get along with her grandmother, really, like, I can see my grandma. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. hi, Nana. How are you? And you, like, pretend for two hours. You could certainly pretend at your child's birthday party. You know? So, unless it's something really bad that they did that it, Jane I mean, knows about. Because his, re- his reaction is not in line. Like, it's not even like he pulls Jade aside and he's like, hey, why did you invite them? Like, you know I'm not talking to them. Mm-hmm. Also, I wonder if he's like, I mean, maybe they were abusive and he's doing what Jade can't do, which is cut them out, you know, and like yeah. not have them be part of his life. And Jade is so fucked up in the head that she like can't understand that he's doing that. But I kind of think she invited them to get back at him. It, there's no way that she couldn't know why he would be mad about that. Exactly. And there's no way that she couldn't predict the level of anger that he would have for that. I don't think. Right. Because it, it, was, it was so sudden. He tur- He comes in, he's like happy, he's being nice, sure, whatever. He should have told Jade he was coming. They didn't need the lead up drama. He's but he's being fine, right? He's like talking to Chloe. He turns around and sees his grandparents and it's like he has a PTSD reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so sudden. He's so mad. And it could be nothing, whatever. I just find it, I just find it very weird. And I need more of an explanation as to what his grandparents did, why he's so mad at them, what Jade knows, and what Jade's motivations were inviting them. It's, It's really dark. I also just like to be petty. He made chloe a growth chart that was like (laughs) seven feet why did he make that (laughs) it was pink but only on one side the other side was still unpainted he he got those like numbers that you get for like the outside of someone's house yeah (laughs) it was just it was not girly and it was literally just like a, a six foot tall plank of wood that he painted on one side pink yeah god bless oh god it's just so it's so funny like everything about them is so weird and there's always like I always feel like we're missing like one part of the story because like even why were Shane and Jade fighting that day Sean and Jade we didn't find out no we had no idea I'm sure it was probably over Sean getting high she got mad it could have been like he wanted pepperoni on his pizza and she didn't yeah or literally anything we see them fight about everything anything they're so crazy and i'm like when her and christy were screaming at each other i was like this is good i like this (laughs) sick (sighs) okay let's talk about chelsea except i don't really want to talk about chelsea there's nothing to talk about with chelsea chelsea goes to the police station to hopefully identify her items and Mm -hmm. there are no items to identify because it wasn't the guy that did it and yeah. a lot of people were saying Chelsea seemed high in that scene, but I didn't think that at all. She just seemed on edge. Yeah. No, I didn't think that at all. I mean, she says that she's medicated, but 
I mean, and maybe Cole saying like, are you tired? Was like, is your Xanax sitting a little hard? But like, I didn't think it was anything. Like if she took a Xanax before that, whatever. What do I care? And she stared at him kind of long, but to me, it wasn't like, I'm not, I'm not getting what you're saying. It was like, duh, stupid. Obviously I'm on edge. Like, no, I'm not tired. I'm keyed up. Yeah. I just like, couldn't not care less about that at all. Chelsea's burglary. Well, did you care at all about her? Um, oh, her- no, I did care less about Lori Bell's <laughs> and her flannel. Yes, I actually did care less about that. I'd rather see them go to the police station than that. We got some new camel-colored long cardigans. Innovative. My Janis Joplin retro tee. Couldn't yes. name you one single Janis Joplin song if she had a gun to her head, I'm sure. It's just so silly that we're, like, supposed to pretend that Chelsea's a fashion designer. <laughs> and, like, I understand she's, like, in South Dakota where, like, maybe things don't, you know, the wave of fashion hasn't hit. Yeah. She doesn't know that we're on to, like, athleisure now. Yeah. But, you know, like, still, girl. Oh, I look at my plants. Oh, it's just, like, I'm really not looking forward for a season of Chelsea if this is all they have to give. Oh, I do want to say that Watson wears glasses now, like full, not those like plastic blue ones that you have to tie to the back of their head, like little man glasses. And he looks Mm, so cute. I know. Watson's really cute. All I guess is going to happen this season is she's going to get pregnant and they're going to be building their house. What COVID? Is that real? Is COVID real? Should we be worried? Oh, God. Well, I mean, Chelsea was really best suited for it because she doesn't leave her house anyway. (laughs) Right. another day for you girl yeah truly all right let's round the corner with kale who girl kale Mm. girl (laughs) kale gets more pathetic every season kale her dumb ass moved to be closer to chris she moved an hour away to be closer to chris and he won't even come over he won't even come over Kale claims now that she's selling that house. She, cause she still owns the house in Dover and was running it out, I guess, that she's selling both of those houses and building a house like closer to Dover, which like okay. is what she should do. And I, I've seen a lot of like criticism that she's like uprooting the boys' lives too much, but I don't really think so because they still go to their same school. Um, yeah. They're not like they, if she had like moved schools and then was moving them back, like, I don't think them moving to that house for a year and a half or two years and then moving to a new house is like really going to disrupt that much at all. Like, I don't think that is that big of an issue. My issue is she's just a fucking idiot. Yeah. Nothing about their real true day-to-day lives change, especially because, um, first one, what's his name? I always want to call him Link. Isaac. Um, he goes to his dad's so does lincoln they both go for the same week so they only spend two weeks a year there lux is too little to really know right um i do think in general that people really over okay i think kale's a lot of issues i think obviously kale's issues are going to affect her children obviously Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that they won't but i do think everybody online hates kale so much that they overestimate how much people in her life hate her because (laughs) Joe doesn't seem to hate her. Like, with all the shit, like, people hate her so much for how she treated Joe, and Joe doesn't really seem to care that much. Javi doesn't seem to care that much. Her kids seem really happy and healthy and well-adjusted, and, like, 
even, and people can say that's because of her, the dads, but like Lux is great. Lux, Lux is super engaging. He speaks really well. Like he's coming yeah. along very, very well. And she's raising him by herself. Yeah. So I don't, I think that obviously Kale's issues will affect her children. And I think having Chris come in and out of the home is like very fucked up. And this is not me defending Kale, but I do think on the whole people like want Kale's life to be a lot more fucked up than it is, or like her kids and everybody in her life to hate her a lot more than mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I just think Kale is like so stupid. I mean, the dick can't be that good. There's it no cannot. way. There's no way. There's no fucking way. <sighs> My God. So there were these rumors that came out about Chris allegedly impregnating someone else. Yes, which she's like so devastated by. And you know which it's not because like she's not. You know it's not because of a sibling. It's because no. she like she, I think she really like can convince herself that as long as she's Chris's only baby mom, then like it's different with her than everybody else. Because like she can be like, well, they can go fuck whoever he can go fuck whoever, but like I'm his baby's mom. And on um, um, I think it's both for her and for him slash her like it's for their relationship to be the only one on her side on his side mm-hmm. but also it's like kind of like okay well Javi's moved on Joe has moved on we we still have our thing and they don't have he doesn't have this whole other family yeah and now I'm not three babies with three different dads who have all moved on to have hap- well Joe's yeah, had a happy relationship. I think that is very true. <laughs> you know? Because she is just so desperate to like be in a relationship with someone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she moved to be closer to him and admits it. Stupid. Stupid. If Lux, if Chris wanted to be involved with Lux, he would be. Thank you. Could have moved into Chris's mom's house and it wouldn't have made a difference. <laughs> exactly. He could be upstairs and that boy would not take it he would not do the 17 steps that it would take to get up there chris gives no fucks he sits on instagram live all day long talking cash shit about kale and it's first of all it's so weird because chris obviously loves attention so much but refuses to go on the show and i'm like why don't you just go on the show and get a paycheck for this right like you're not even getting a paycheck but your name is still known you're still all over the social media tabloids and you still are on instagram live every day so obviously you want attention yeah it's not like people people can find you people can find you easily so why don't you just yeah make yourself available get the paycheck get Get money get money bitch for like kale also is probably one of the most frustrating people like if you look at her social media every day she's very similar to Janelle, just like posting memes that like totally apply to her without her realizing it. Like when someone's <laughs> mm-hmm. toxic, let go and move on. And it's like, well, uh, you're the toxic one. And also like, you're probably on the phone with Chris right now. She is a, I don't want drama ass bitch. Yes. And is in the middle of it every second of the day. She just like cannot help but blow up her life at every turn. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's, it's- crazy to watch it's It's frustrating and I think the reason it's so frustrating is because Kale really I think if Kale really like got intense therapy and like was honest with a psychiatrist I think her life could be a lot different and she Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to do those things and that's why it's so frustrating because it's like Kale's so close to getting it 
And like, she will say the right things, then her actions will be totally different, which is why it's so frustrating. Right. I just can't believe how stupid she is that she got pregnant with him again. And now she's acting like, she's like, Chris isn't around. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You didn't have to tell us that. (laughs) She's like, he was here for two days after the birth, but he's not around. And it's like, did you expect him to be? Right. Because I told you that. You didn't have to get pregnant to learn that lesson again. (laughs) She just was like obsessed with the idea of two of her kids having the same dad. Okay, well, two claps for you, girl. How's that working out? That's a, that has to be a low part in your life. (laughs) She tries to make it seem like she doesn't care if he has another kid, but like, it's really important to her that her, all her kids get to hang out with their only siblings. And if anything happened to Joe or if anything happened to the other one, Javi, that she would make sure that the kids still saw their other siblings, but she just can't guarantee that that would happen with Chris, which is why you should not have let him nut in you again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so, it's so, it's so frustrating and I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't either. I I can't, I don't know that book. I haven't opened it. I'm not going to read it. No. Okay. Kill, you're an idiot. Let's move on to 16 and recovering. What did you think? I thought it was great. I think it's very obvious that MTV did not film and produce this Mm -hmm. uh, because it's very different from any MTV show. I, my, I will say I didn't love that they just like followed two people. Like I would like to see through the four episodes and follow like the same four people, the four episodes. Yeah. Like, I didn't like that we just followed, like, two people all the way through this year. I thought that was kind of, I don't know, it didn't give you enough time to get attached to them. Well, and it seemed weird that they gave them, like, end of the season, like, end of the episode, like, here's what happens to them. But it seems like for the previews for the next episode that they're very much in them. Yeah. So, That's like, why, why are we feeling a little confused it. by that. Um, I thought that it was really important. I think it shows a really necessary thing. Like I, I've seen a lot of people be like, this is so exploitive that these teens shouldn't be forced to put this online. But the reality is, is there are a lot of teen drug addicts. And if these kids want to tell their story and be the voice of their story, which it seems like they do, then I think they should be able to. And I don't think that like, it's inherently exploitive. I didn't think so either. We don't ever see them actively using. No. And even we didn't see uh, what's her face's cuts. Yeah. They may not, they may uh, sure not to show that. Yeah. Um, I love what the lady's doing with being like, Boston has a severe opioid addiction problem Mm -hmm. with the youth. And I decided to create a school where like, she made a great point of like people, how people treat and stigmatize drug addicts particularly when they're younger it's like they outcast them and they don't want anything to do with them because it's too real it's too raw but if you want to be there to help them in a way and like help them get an education along the way like it's amazing and I love how they have the relationships with these kids like the art teacher who was a former or was an alcoholic and Mm -hmm. and her relationship to Sean 
and him being a photographer and like just mentoring these kids on like a one-on-one I'm on your level kind of way. It was really great to see. I thought it was very honest and I, there are a few things that I really liked about it. One, I really liked that they weren't presenting the relapse as like a failure and they were being very honest that the goal of the school wasn't necessarily to get them sober and abstinent, um, which I found very interesting. I think it goes contrary to the way that a lot of people view recovery, like even people in recovery. Um, Mm -hmm. I like when they said that they don't necessarily get in trouble for failed drug tests. I found that very interesting. Um, I, and good because when she's like, so they fail and we kick them out and then what, like, then what do we do? Right. And I thought that was a really good point. I found it very interesting that the kids that knew they would fail, like seemed willing to take the tests. Um, I think that they would have a lot less kids coming to the school if they knew that they couldn't come in high. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that they, or after they used, I think they would just stop coming to school. And I think she realizes that. And so I really like the environment that she set up that it's not that she's saying it's okay to use or it's okay to relapse. Like what they're saying is like, we're not giving up on you for this. And, um, and it like Sean went missing and then he showed up at school, you know, like he didn't go home to his parents. Uh, That really like made my heart feel very weird. It was heartbreaking and also heartwarming that he at least knew like, this is a safe space. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that's like a really rare environment. I really liked, like, I just really liked a lot of it. I thought it was very, very well done. And I think Melissa, the principal is just like a very interesting character. I really Mm -hmm. liked the way that it was shot. I like the way that they talked about depression and anxiety and mental yes. health issues mm-hmm. and that it's so much more than just addiction. They didn't even talk like, obviously they talked about addiction, but I thought it was interesting how much more they seem to be talking about mental health. Yeah. Because like when Sean came back in, she's like, are you in a depressive episode? Like mm-hmm. they weren't just focusing on addiction. And like when he failed that breathalyzer and she was like, why did you do that? She's like, did right. you think that was a good idea? And then he doesn't really get in trouble because she's like, he's upset with himself. Like, what am I going to do? And also there does seem to be an understanding that like drug addicts use drugs and to punish them for it isn't going to help them necessarily. And this is the chance that we have to help these teens live a successful life. And we want them to be sober, but we also understand that maybe some of them can't be. So if they can't be sober, at least they have this space to be in. Yeah. Rather than being like shamed and cause what is that going to do? Like, yeah. who does that help? I mean, realistically, most of these kids, as uh, Alba said, like most of them get ordered to that school from detox. Like most of them mm-hmm. are there. They've been kicked out of their other schools. They've probably been, if they're ordered there after detox, that means they've been to court ordered treatment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like most of these kids are probably in the system some way And so what is the point of kicking them out? It seems more like we celebrate you if you succeed and we help you if you fail. Yeah. Really reframing like, okay, what do we do now? Rather than like, shame on you. Um, I loved the way Alba talked about her depression Mm -hmm. and how she laughs a lot Mm -hmm. and how she described herself as like Robin Williams. Yeah where people just think that she's so happy and bright and she's like 
a lot of that is just like my reaction to anxiety and uncomfortable situations. And it's a coping mechanism. Honestly, I'm like fucking going through it. (laughs) Like it was really, really enlightening and heartbreaking. Yeah. It's just really, uh, I just really liked it. I'm really interested in what the rest of the episodes will be. Um, I think that I saw some criticisms like this, these kids are going to relapse and relapse. Like, I don't think people understood what it was really going to be like this show. And I think the reason that I like this show, I think if they had shown relapse as failure, it had been punitive or the kids got kicked out for a relapse. I think that the show would be very different, but I think because it continues to be an empowering and positive and safe space for the kids it makes this show like, like I read this comment on Reddit about how much this person, because they were married to an alcoholic, mind you, they're not sober themselves, um, about how like this is so awful and these kids are signing up and relapse is part of recovery. So if they relapse on TV, it's going to be on, it's going to be like with them forever and like going on and on about like how awful it was. And I was thinking about that comment as I read the, or as I watched this because the show was like exact opposite from that. The show is not saying like, these kids are all going to be sober. The show Mm -hmm. is not saying like these kids are not going to relapse. The show is not saying if these kids relapse, they fail. What the point of the show is, is that these kids are going to die and we are going to try and stop them from dying the best that we can. And if we can't keep them sober, but we can keep them alive and give them a safe space, then that's important. I'm really interested. I'm assuming that they're going to have kids die at the school and overdose. I would be yeah. very, it seemed like that based on like what we saw. And mm-hmm. I would be pretty surprised anyway, if they didn't have a kid overdose every year, at least one, yeah. um, just from being in treatment centers, I spaces, like I, it happens and it happens a lot. And I definitely like, I just think like this shit is real. And I wish at like 16, I mean, it was different because like the opioid epidemic epidemic wasn't like this, but I do wish at 16, like I had been able to look at other teen drug addicts and maybe related to them Mm -hmm. in a way. Like, I don't think there was anything like that when I was a teenager. Um, And I don't know if it would have actually done anything. Like, I doubt it. Like, I doubt it would have really done anything, but maybe it could have like planted a seed um yeah, yeah and like maybe kids at home if they watch this I mean I don't know if kids will watch this because do kids watch on tv I don't think so but I do think that it's like an important story to be told and I think that we shouldn't shy away from it's hard I do understand the idea that you do not want to exploit kids right like I yeah. do understand that I talk about that a lot with 16 and pregnant but at the same time like there are so many kids dying of drug overdoses and so like we need to let these kids tell their stories. Yeah. Because I mean, now that you mentioned like how people were talking about how they thought the show was going to be like, I definitely thought this was going to be a show for kids who were like actively all recovering. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people thought that mm-hmm. this was going to be like, Oh, it's just like a bunch of like probably rich kids or like kids who started off smoking weed. And then, you know, things went a little too far and like, everybody's okay now. And this is going to be like super uplifting about how everybody's great and they're actively in recovery and things are so going if they did well. relapse. It would be like the end of the world, like this yeah. total like cliffhanger, like so-and-so got high before right. the next episode, they're kicked out of the school. Yeah. I think that's what we assumed it would be like yeah and it's very not that and and it's 
good because it's telling the truth about what actually happens. It feels so truthful, doesn't it? Yeah, it really did. Like, I am very impressed with whoever edited this because it just felt so honest and raw in a way that, like, I was surprised by. Yeah. Even the, like, coloring of the show felt like things aren't that bright and happy. Like, this is a reality. You know, and hearing the kids be like, I don't know if I want to stop getting high. Like, yeah. I don't know if I want to be sober. Like, he, like Sean, or what was his name? Sean? Sean, yeah. Sean was saying, like, yeah, after every time I say, like, I'm done with this shit, but I'm not really. Yeah. I thought that was very, like, that's some real shit. And I think you're exactly right that, like, I thought it was going to be, like, all of these kids are in recovery and everything is, like, great. And they're, like, if they failed it when I... I was shocked from the beginning when they started talking about the drug tests and how like Mm -hmm. the only way it's an automatic call home if it's for an opiate. Like, and if it's not, then they discuss what they're going to do. And I was like, oh, I was like, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. It was just really just so truthful. And just, I think that you're right, that the staff was also endearing and great. I'll be interested to see how they tell the stories the rest of the episodes, because I, that is my one only complaint, is that we, like, got a wrap-up on these two people, but there are three more episodes to go. Yeah. So, and they showed Alba a lot in the previews, so I just thought that was very confusing. But really compelling television. Really compelling. I really... And I do hope that they at least follow one kid that, like, is in full recovery. Yeah, yeah. I would really like to see. There was one girl at the beginning that said she had seven months sober. Well, that was Alba. Was it Alba? Yeah. Oh. But I would really, I I wonder if there's a kid there that is in, like, getting long-term sobriety. Because I'm glad that's not the focus of the show and, like, showing that that's the only end goal. But I also do think that would be nice to see and important to see too, that it yeah. is possible. Yeah. I think that sure. this show should have a good balance of like how hard it is and how realistic relapse is and how like teen, when you start doing drugs as a teen, it's like very hard to stop. But I would also like to see somebody that through treatment and then being at the school has managed to like sustain sobriety. I think that would, I hope that we see that too. Yeah, I do as well. But highly, highly recommend. I was shocked, honestly, at how good it was. Yeah, me too. I really, I mean, I kind of knew it would be good because so many people are like, oh my God, I just watched this. You need to cover it. For people wondering, I think I'm just going to cover it weekly. I'm not really sure how I should be covering this. I might just, I, I'm not sure. I'm not totally sure yet. Um, It will live on feathers in my hair, not on my Patreon. I'm going to talk about it on this feed. I've just, I don't know. I might wait for the rest of the episodes to come out and do one big episode on it. Um. I think that may be better. We'll see. I'm, I might watch next week and see how I feel. But I just thought it was like, I just, I was pretty blown away. I can't remember the last time, first of all, MTV has put out something like that. And it felt very like early season true life. Like the shit that we used mm-hmm. to watch on MTV when we were kids. Yeah, totally. totally that like totally. actually was groundbreaking and like actually exposed us to different ways of life. And like, actually meant something and I don't I feel like MTV hasn't produced anything like that in quite a long time at least to my knowledge Mm -hmm. so to see this which my understanding is it was on YouTube before somebody said and filmed by somebody else and then MTV bought the rights which would make a lot of sense oh okay interesting 
Um, that would make a lot of sense to me. Like it was chopped around and MTV's like, let's do get this and call it 16 and recovering. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to like just going to a school and being like, we're doing 16 and recovering. Um, do you know if they've since pulled it from YouTube? I think so. I was, okay. I saw it being talked about in like one of my drug groups that I'm in, like recovery groups that I'm in. Um, but I like didn't read all the details of it, but I definitely, I'm very much looking forward to the rest of the episodes. I cried in this episode. I just found it like very yeah. emotional and very sad. And just, like I said, it's just so raw in a way that like, I feel like you only get on like an HBO documentary these days. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Can we end on a high note? Yeah. Young and Pregnant coming back for season three. Oh my God, we forgot to talk about that. I cannot believe <laughs> that. I am I'm so shocked. Excited. I'm shocked. Do you think Lexi's going to come back? No, I don't think so. I really? read that it's going to be the same girls. Kaya, Rachel, um, Ashley, and what's her face? Kayla. My bitch, and Rachel. Bray. Thank God. I mean, there was no way they were just giving up the beavers. <laughs> no, no way. I, I like it. reading that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I really thought that was dead. <laughs> you know, Ashley's like, thank God. Right. <laughs> I'm still not over Ashley being like, I turned down Teen Mom too. Like, get uh, fucked. You did no <laughs> such thing. <laughs> like a minor league baseball player being like, I didn't want to go to the MLB. I'm like playing right. the farm team because like, get out of here, Ashley. Right. The I Yankees were going to sign me, but I said no. I cannot okay. wait to see Ashley and Barr just be like fucking wrecks. Just a um, hot, hot mess. Uh, and I'm, I'm also so interested as to like how it's going to look like they're filming it supposedly soon. So I'm very curious about how all these reality TV shows that are going to be filming soon will look. Rachel filming in her bedroom with roaches crawling up the wall again. Oh God. Mallory's had like three GUIs since then. Like oh. a lot has happened. It hasn't filmed in like a year. Oh my God. Help us all. I'm all. so excited. Kara, thank you for coming on this podcast and discussing three full shows with me. Oh, it was so much fun. So fun. I asked you, I was like, okay, can you watch Teen Mom? And then I was like, oh, actually you need to watch this Janelle thing. And then you're like, do you want to watch Six Year Recovery? And I was like, yeah, I do. So watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. And I loved every minute of it. So thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Do you, where, what's your Twitter and Instagram? Your personal um, one. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara with a K, Kara B tweets. Uh, you can follow my Instagram at everyone's business, but mine, listen to me at everyone's business, but mine everywhere you listen to podcasts. Also subscribe to Kara's Patreon. Yes. I'm doing Bethany ever after and Liz is going to be on the season finale. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> <Am> I? <laughs> I think you are. Yeah. <laughs> Thrilling. I'll see you then. <laughs> Bye Kara. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.